Well, happy Easter, or better yet, happy Resurrection Day. Uh, now we get the point of why we're here with that. Easter doesn't always convey the same things to everybody. But we're here to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Uh, not just raised from the dead to die again, as some people were in the Bible, but raised from the dead never to die ever again, which means that Jesus is alive today. And that's, that's the best of all news. No other founder of any religion has risen from the dead. Uh, not Muhammad, not Abraham, not Buddha, Krishna, Confucius. They're all dead. Uh, but only Jesus is alive today. Now, how do we know that the resurrection is not just a legend? It's not just a story from the past. We have multiple firsthand eyewitness accounts of the empty tomb. We have multiple eyewitness accounts of encounters with Jesus after the resurrection. And we're not going to go into all the documented facts and the records today, but it is a documented historical fact. The evidence of the empty tomb is telling. It's critical. All the enemies of Jesus needed to do to disprove the resurrection of Jesus was to find the body. They looked. They searched. Nobody could find the body because there was no body. Jesus uh, had risen from the dead. He was alive. 1 Corinthians 15, and I'd encourage you to take out the white page in the middle of your program. We have the scriptures and the outline there for you. It said, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried. He was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. And so there were literally hundreds of eyewitnesses that Jesus had come back to life. And these eyewitnesses, some of them wrote uh, written accounts that are recorded in the Gospels. And so today, our message is called Resurrection Power, and we're going to be looking at three different encounters of people with the risen Jesus. And so the focus of our message is going to be on how the resurrection, which happened 2,000 years ago, impacts our lives today in the year 2019. Now, when Jesus rose from the dead, he overcame death itself. And I'd like us to, as we begin the message, watch a short video about Jesus overcoming death through his resurrection. That's something to cheer about, to overcome death, to raise from the dead, uh, took incredible power, the power of God. Philippians 3.10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. This is Paul writing. And we want to do the same thing. We want to know the power of his resurrection and experience that power in our own lives. He writes in Ephesians 1, that you may know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And so if the power of God was able to raise Jesus Christ from the dead, then that power is able to meet any need that you and I may have in our lives, either today or in the future. And I know from what the Bible tells us, I know from experience that each one of us sitting here has some needs. Uh, there's nobody sitting here that doesn't have some need that is too big for you to handle on your own. But whatever that need is, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is able to meet that need. He's able to take care of you. And so let's begin. We're going to look, as I said today, three encounters of 
different people with the risen Christ and learn how that applies to us, how we can experience resurrection power in our lives just as they did. So first of all, we need to learn to recognize the risen Jesus. So our first story begins with a woman named Mary Magdalene. She was a follower of Jesus Christ, and early on the morning uh, of what was the, the resurrection, she didn't know it at the time, she came to the tomb to uh, anoint the body with spices, and she was astonished to find the tomb was empty. She quickly ran and got Peter and John. They came, they looked in the tomb, saw it was empty, and they left to tell others, and Mary was left at the empty tomb weeping, and she saw two angels inside the tomb. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And so Mary was so consumed with her grief, she was so consumed with her anxious thoughts that she didn't recognize the two men speaking to her were angels. She had no thoughts of the resurrection. She just thought that somehow somebody had come in and taken Jesus' body, and that upset her, that concerned her. She thought it was taken somewhere else. And so problems can distract us from recognizing the presence of Jesus. Having said this, story continues, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. And so Mary continued to weep over the disappearance of Jesus' body. She was so distraught over this situation, she didn't recognize when Jesus was standing right next to her that Jesus was talking directly to her. She thought perhaps he was the, the gardener, the one who took care of this burial place. She didn't recognize his, his voice. She was so distracted by her problems. She was so distracted by her grief that, and this, this unexpected turn of events that the body was no longer in the tomb that she didn't recognize him. And yet Jesus was there. He was right with her in her time of grief, in her time of difficulty. And so Jesus instructed her. He said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And so when Jesus finally called Mary by her name, she recognized his voice. And all of a sudden, in a flash, she realized why there was no body. The body was standing in front of her, but he was alive, not dead. He had risen from the dead. And she began to hug him. She began to cling him in her joy that Jesus was alive. She wanted to stay with him. Her sorrow, her weeping had been transformed into tears of happiness. But Jesus made it clear he wasn't going to stay on the earth. He was going to shortly ascend into heaven. But right now, he had a mission for Mary. He instructed her to go and tell the disciples that he was alive and he would soon be ascending to the Father. And so in our first story, our first encounter with Jesus, Mary had been so distracted with this problem of the empty tomb, she failed to recognize Jesus standing right next to her. The empty tomb was not 
really a problem at all. It was a sign of the risen Lord. So let's think for a minute in what ways do we sometimes get so consumed with our situations that we fail to recognize that Jesus is right there next to us. Jesus is right there with us, even in the midst of the things that we're going through. Sometimes we think that nobody understands what we're going through. Sometimes we say that nobody understands what I'm going through. But Jesus does. He's right there. He knows exactly what you're going through. Or sometimes we may say, well, maybe he does know what we're going through, but he doesn't care. Well, Jesus does care. He's right there with you. He cares about what you're going through. He loves you. And so just as in Mary's situation, no matter what you're going through this morning, no matter what you may go through later this year, what you've gone through in the past, Jesus is right there beside you. And if you'll listen with the ears of your spirit, you can hear him calling your name. He wants to get your attention. Ask him to show you that he's real. Ask him to speak to you, and he will. He's waiting for you to respond to him. He's waiting for you to recognize his presence in your life because just as with Mary, he has a plan for you. He has instructions for you. He has a way forward. Sometimes we may feel like, I don't know what to do. This roadblock is in front of me. But Jesus always has a way forward. Jesus always has a next step for you. Jesus has a plan for your life, a path for you to follow. And his resurrection power will give you the strength to carry out that plan. So whatever you're going through this morning, recognize the presence of of the risen Jesus. He's alive. He's in your life. He's right there beside you. Secondly, we need to believe in the risen Jesus. In our second encounter with Jesus, two disciples of Jesus were walking along a road from Jerusalem to Emmaus when a stranger joined them. And it says, while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And so these two disciples were discussing what had just happened. They were discussing how a great prophet, Jesus, who they hoped would be the Messiah, had been crucified. They didn't understand that Jesus had to die before he could be raised from the dead. And so they were discouraged. Unbelief discourages us. They are speaking here and they said, but we had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. And he said to them, that's Jesus, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. And so these disciples had expected that Jesus would be, or that Jesus was the Messiah, and he was going to save Israel from the Romans. And yet now he was dead. Three days had passed, they were discouraged. And yet the Old Testament prophets had prophesied that the Messiah had to die and he would then rise from the dead three days later. In fact, Jesus himself had told his disciples, I'm going to go away, I'm going to die and come back to life three days later. But the disciples didn't believe what they could see with their eyes. That Jesus was gone, they had seen him crucified on the cross. 
was so much more real to them than the prophecies of God's word. And they were discouraged. And Jesus rebuked them for being foolish. He said, you should have known what was going to happen. I told you. The word of God told you. But yet, you didn't believe. You were slow to believe the word of God. You were slow of heart. And as they continued to walk along the road, Jesus began to show them from the word of God how it spoke about him throughout the Old Testament. Told of the Messiah who would come, who would die, and rise again from the dead. And yet, they still did not recognize him. Their, their lack of faith in what God's word said blinded their eyes. All they could think about was the Messiah, Jesus, was dead. And their hope was gone. Finally, Jesus revealed himself. While he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. So as these two disciples continued to spend time with Jesus, talking to him about God's word, eating with him, suddenly their spiritual eyes were opened. They began to believe. They saw that Jesus was alive. He was right there in front of them. And they hadn't recognized him. He had risen from the dead. And then he vanished from their presence. Uh, the lesson had been learned. You see, Jesus' glorified body could do things that his natural body uh, did not. He vanished. And so just as those two disciples were, were discouraged, we can be discouraged at various turns of events in our lives. These two disciples had not expected Jesus to die, even though he told them it just didn't compute. And so it was a shocking event when their teacher, the one they'd walked with, talked with, the one they had great visions of things happening, died. They were very discouraged. And in the same way, oftentimes we hope for things to turn out a certain way. Has it ever happened to you? It doesn't always turn out the way we want it to turn out. Things go along a certain way. We think it's going to go that way forever. And boom, all of a sudden something happens that we had never in our wildest dreams expected. And our world can be turned upside down. And we can get discouraged. And we can fail to recognize that Jesus is right there with us, even in the midst of this unexpected turn of events. And if you ask him, He will explain to you God's word for your situation. He will explain to you what he wants you to believe. He will encourage you with his presence, with his resurrection power, just as he did those two disciples. And after meeting Jesus, the two disciples did not continue on their journey to Emmaus. They were headed from Jerusalem to Emmaus. They returned to Jerusalem to tell their story of encountering the risen Jesus. And so when we encounter Jesus in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of disappointment or discouragement, and he encourages us and he gives us a way forward, he wants us to share that experience with others as well so that they in turn can encounter Jesus in their lives and experience his power. Finally, let's learn in our third encounter how to be restored by the risen Jesus. 
The story begins in John 21. It said, just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So in this encounter, the background to this story is there were seven disciples, including Peter. They'd gone fishing. Uh, Jesus was, uh, had been crucified, and they were fishermen, and they didn't know what else to do. Let's just go fishing, boys. Uh, and so they went fishing. And they fished all night and caught nothing. These were professional fishermen. And again, they were discouraged, I'm sure. Uh, they did what they were supposed to do. They cast their nets out. They reeled them in and no fish. And they heard somebody from shore calling out to them, cast the net on the other side, on the right side of the boat. And so, okay, you know, what can it hurt? Let's do one more time. So they cast the net on the right side of the boat. And suddenly, the net was filled with all kinds of fish and a huge quantity of fish. And they finally recognized that the person standing on the shore calling out to them was Jesus. He was alive. They came ashore. They ate breakfast with Jesus. And, uh, but Peter was there. And all was not well with Peter. If you remember before Jesus was crucified, some of the last conversations that Peter had with Jesus, he said, to Jesus, you know, even if everybody else looking around at the other disciples denies you, I will never deny you. Even if I have to lay down my life for you, I will die for you, Jesus. And yet, when Jesus was on trial and this little servant girl came over to him and said, do you know this, Jesus? And Peter said, no, I don't know who he is. He denied Jesus three times with cursing just as Jesus had said he would, just as Jesus had predicted. Peter had completely failed in his promise to never deny Jesus, to stick with him, even if it amounted to his death. And so he was filled with guilt. He was burdened down with guilt. He had failed Jesus. Guilt burdens us down. Verse 15, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And so Peter had promised Jesus that even though all the other disciples fell away from Jesus. He would not. But Peter failed to keep his promise. And so now Jesus asked Peter, do you love me more than these other disciples? Really, Peter? You said that before. What about now? And Peter said, yes, I do, Lord. And what did Peter omit more than these other guys? It's all his pride, all his bravado was now gone. And all he could say was, Lord, I, I still love you. I know I failed, but I love you. Jesus asked Peter a second time. Peter gives the same answer. And then Jesus asked a third time. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Why did Jesus ask Peter three times? Because he denied him three times. And Jesus was giving Peter an opportunity to reaffirm his love, to be forgiven. In a sense, Peter was repenting of those three denials, saying, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, Jesus. I truly do love you. I'm not going to say I love you more than anybody else anymore, but I love you, and I want to go forward with you. And so Jesus was giving Peter this opportunity to reaffirm his love, an opportunity to be forgiven of his sin. And then Jesus restored Peter's purpose in life. He said to him, and these instructions were given uh, each time as Peter reaffirmed his love for Jesus. Jesus said to him at the first question, do you love me? Peter said, I love you. He said, feed my lambs. Second time he said to him, tend my sheep. Third time Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And at the end, after saying this, he said to him, follow me. And so after Peter's response to each of Jesus' questions, Jesus gave Peter an instruction. He gave him a direction for his life. Even though, Jesus, uh, even though Peter had failed Jesus three times, Jesus was resp- restoring him to a position of leadership. He was giving him purpose in life. He was telling him, Peter, you're not finished. Peter, I still have a plan for your life. Peter, I still believe in you. Peter, there is a future. And so what's this all about lambs and sheep? Well, Peter was going to tend and feed the lambs and sheep of God's flock, which were the believers in that early church. The lambs were new believers. The sheep were more mature believers. Jesus had called Peter a rock. He was going to be a rock in that early church. And yet, so far, Peter had been like shifting sand. And Jesus was saying, you are going to be a rock in the early church. You are going to be a rock in my church. He restored him to his position that God had for him. And finally, Jesus said to him, follow me. That's the most important thing at all. If you follow me, you're going to fulfill my purposes. Rather than forsaking me as you did, just a few short days ago, I'm calling you to follow me, to be with me, to never leave my side. And history records in the book of Acts that Peter was restored. He became a rock in the early church. He did not fail Jesus in that way again. Perhaps there are some today, just here today, just like Peter. You, you were zealous to follow Jesus for a time in your life. But then various things happened. Peter didn't plan on falling away. He didn't plan on denying Jesus, but sometimes we fall into various sins. Sometimes we fall into things that we shouldn't fall into, and we feel guilt. We feel separated 
from our previous close relationship with Jesus. We feel perhaps there's, there's no way back. We feel like it's all over. Maybe God's given up on me. Maybe I could never get back close to him, but that's not true. That's not true. Jesus is right there. He's asking you today, if you feel like you're far from God, he's asking you, do you love me? Turn away from your sin and say, yes, Lord, I love you. I acknowledge your love for me. Which is what Jesus was saying to Peter. He was saying, I love you. Do you love me? I'm giving you another chance. Do you love me back? Will you reciprocate my love for you? And we must do the same, acknowledging our love for Jesus and let him restore us back into the place that he has for us, a place of purpose, a place walking with him. Jesus wants each of us to follow him. He wants each of us to carry out his purpose for our lives, to be restored by the risen Jesus. And so Easter is not just about looking back to a historical event that happened 2,000 years ago. It's a reminder that what happened 2,000 years ago impacts us today because it means Jesus is alive today. And the resurrection power is available to us today to change our lives. And so today, if anybody here feels overwhelmed by problems in your life or distressed out by problems, maybe not overwhelmed, but undergoing stress, then remember the, reckon, the risen Jesus is right there in your life. Recognize him. Don't think that you're in it all by yourself. And he desires to guide you forward. Today, if you're discouraged that certain things in life haven't gone as you've hoped, choose to believe in the risen Jesus. He, he wants to reveal himself to you. And finally, if you feel like you've failed Jesus... And it's hard to get over that. You know you're guilty of sin. He's there to forgive you, to restore you. Just as he did Peter. He longs to forgive you. He wants to restore his purpose for your life. He's got a purpose for every person here. He's got a direction. He has a path. And most of all today, God wants each person here to know that he loves you. Jesus loves you. He wants to help you with his resurrection power. And so today, if you want to encounter the risen Jesus, you need to believe that he rose from the dead and put your faith and trust in him. Uh, there is no faith. There is no Christianity. There is uh, nothing makes any sense if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. There were thousands of people crucified by the Romans. And that means nothing. The fact that Jesus was crucified without his resurrection means nothing. Paul said, if Jesus isn't raised from the dead, our faith is completely in vain. It makes no sense at all. And so we must believe in the resurrection, and there's good historical proof for it. And so to become a believer by the Bible's definition, we need to admit that we've sinned. We've done wrong things. And that sin separates us from God. It makes us feel guilt on the inside when we're honest with ourselves. We need to believe that Jesus died on the cross, that our sins might be forgiven, and God accepted his sacrifice by raising him from the dead. 
We need to believe that Jesus rose from the dead and we commit ourselves to following him as our Lord and Savior because he's alive. He has a plan and direction for our lives. So I'd like us to bow our heads right now. We're going to pray, and if you've never prayed a prayer like this before, I'd encourage you to do that with me today. This is an opportunity. God is speaking to your heart today about the reality of who Jesus is. Jesus was not just a good prophet, although he was that. There were many good prophets. No other prophet died and rose from the dead. No other prophet said that he was going to rise from the dead and rose from the dead. Jesus is alive today. Perhaps you've made a commitment to God in the past and you feel like you've wandered away from that commitment. Today would be a good day to reaffirm your commitment to Jesus Christ. So let's pray. If you feel a tug in your heart of the Holy Spirit to pray, I encourage you to pray along with me. You can do it silently in your mind. God knows what you're thinking. Pray something like this. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. I sense guilt over what I've done. I feel separated from you. I don't know that if I died today, I would spend eternity with you. I don't hear your voice clearly. I'm not sure what to do in my life. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I believe that you rose from the dead. I, I don't totally understand it, but I believe it's true. And I want to follow you. I commit my life to following you as best I can, to hearing from you and following your plan and purpose for my life. Thank you for coming into my life on this Easter Sunday, 2019. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, today we thank you that you raised Jesus from the dead. We thank you that he's alive today through your resurrection power. And God, all of us today, we need to experience your resurrection power in greater degree in our lives. Forgive us for the times we've let our problems distract us from recognizing your presence in every circumstance of our lives. And even when our plans for our lives don't work out, today we choose to believe in the risen Jesus and his plan for our lives. Your plan is so much better than our plan. We ask for, the, for forgiveness for the times that we failed you. Remove our guilt and restore us, God, to serving you and to serving others. We ask that you change us today, Easter 2019, through your eternal resurrection power. May we walk in that power each and every day by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.